0: Hey, good morning, good morning. Hope everybody's doing well. It's a great day the Lord's made. We choose to rejoice and be glad in it. And um, uh, my, my, my office internet is, is down, but praise God for other ways of getting to the internet. Hey, look, I'm excited about this right here, this conversation right here. This is our Covenant Community Fellowships. Uh, Sunday morning message where and this message is your due season and this is so important because so many people have been wondering when is it my turn when is it my due season when will God open the door for me to walk under the power of the anointing that is upon my life and I'm telling you that this is that time this is that season for you to be able to walk at the level that God wants you to walk at. And so um, broadcasting from my phone, not my computer this morning. But look, I'm just excited about the message, the warfare around the technology. I think it's there because the enemy does not want you to be free. I'm going to share some truths with you that I've shared with leaders for years. But I'm sharing it with you this morning. You that love God, that are walking in the kingdom of God. What do you need to do to bring your dreams, your hopes, your aspirations to maturity. While others are tuning in, I'll continue to talk because I want you to hear this. This is so very important. So many people have been plucked before they reach maturity. And so we're going to talk about that this morning. In the Bible, there's a scripture. That scripture says, it says that you are to do not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap there is a thing called due season. Due season is not a big spiritual term, it's an agricultural term. That you have a due season when your gifts, your talents, your abilities are supposed to come together. And when they come together, it should be the culmination of a life of where you have learned how to do so much the first 20 to 30 years. In the book Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill discovered that most people paint the masterpiece with their lives in their 40s and 50s. That's the time when your life begins to come together. You have learned what it is. You're like Paul. I've learned to be content in whatever state that I'm in. I've learned how to be. And that is so important. I want you to understand something. Many of you were plucked before you ever got to the place of being ripe in your life. The Bible is filled with agrarian terms. When the Bible says, in due season, you will reap, what it says is that there is a season for everything. We've all heard that preached, but I want you to hear what I'm saying today. We've all heard that preached. There's a season for everything. For everything, there is a time, there is a season, you've heard that. The challenge is, is that so many of us have been plucked before we ever got to our due season. I want you to listen to what I'm saying because I think that this I think this is very, very important. When you plant, we we've all been in churches. Oh, this is my season, sowing and reaping. I'm sowing today so I can reap tomorrow. I'm sowing today so that I can reap next week. Oh my gosh, I want you to understand something. That your life is bigger than that right there, immediate turnaround. These were agricultural terms. And what it said was that you would be able to sow, that is to plant a plant, that plant would begin to grow up and bud. And, And so after a couple more months, it gets taller and flowers come on it because so many of us have been looking for immediate self-gratification, what we would do is that if that flower didn't produce fruit, the 30, 60, 100 fold, we would, we would get discouraged and when we got discouraged, we would go plant something new. And then when that didn't grow fast enough, we would go and plant something new and when that would grow would not grow fast enough, we would continue this process of taking that creative energy and starting something new, because no one ever taught us how to bring a crop to maturity. You all, I want you to understand something. A lot of the failure that you feel on the inside is not your destiny. It's your inability or your lack of knowledge of knowing how to grow a crop to maturity. I'm going to go through the cycle for you so that you will be able to see right now how to bring your dreams to maturity, your marriage, your family, whatever it is, your destiny, how to bring it to maturity. This is the way that God's work. The Bible says it works. The Bible says that nature declares God's intent. Wow. That's a big statement. When you plant a tomato seed, you plant that tomato seed in the garden. That tomato, com- began, that tomato seed, it begins to sprout up and then it grows into a small plant. When that tomato uh, seed grows into a small plant, it gets larger and larger. And what happens is, is that uh, as it begins to grow, a flower will come on that tomato plant. When After a flower comes, there are things that God has already put in creation to pollinate the flower before it ever gets there. Boy, there's so much there. I'm going to come back to it. Once the flower is pollinated, it begins to produce a little green um, budding of fruit. It is a tomato in its infant state. And that tomato in its infant state begins to form until it comes into the shape of a tomato. But the tomato is not yet ready to be picked yet because it's not ripe. The reason why it's important for the tomato to get ripe is because the gold, the 30, 60, 100 fold return is not on the outside of the tomato but it's the seed that needs to come to maturity on the inside. There's some stuff that needs to come to maturity on the inside. To aid that, God sends this thing called the latter rains. That's when we go through the rainy season. When we go through the rainy season, then that that fruit begins to really blossom out and come to maturity. And when it comes to maturity, the color changes to red or the yellow of that tomato. And that is when it's time for the harvest that tomato is ready to be harvested or launched when what is on the inside comes to maturity. Why? Because when you talk about a 30, 60, 100-fold return, that 30, 60, 100-fold return only happens inside of a fruit that comes to maturity. The seeds on the inside have to come to maturity so that when you harvest it, pluck it, launch it, then that which is on the inside, when you began to plant it into the garden of your life, it begins to exponentially reproduce fruit in your life. Y'all, this is such a powerful teaching. I'm going to come right back through this. The Bible says, do not grow weary in well doing, in due season you shall reap. In due season you will reap. There is a due season. Now I want you to I want you to hear this because I think it is so important. You remember uh, the old saints used to sing the song. Send down the latter rains. There was the former rains and the latter rains. This is listen to this. The former rains. Are the are the ideas that come from God and water your ideals, water your plants, water everything, so that the ground can be broken up, so that so that that which has been that is that is in, uh, has been compacted is now being broken up, so your ideas can become ripe and fresh for planting. The whole idea of late lad, of the former rain is to prepare your mind or, or for planting ideas for planting now when you plant those things then that's when these things begin to grow up in your life you are, I'm going I'm using this as a metaphor this is so important because we live in a world in, where, in which people, the world, systems, spiritual powers don't want to see you come to maturity. I want to say that again and I want you to listen to me because I'm saying this as respectful and honorable as I can. So you will begin to understand where you are and maybe the children that you are raising where they are or your nieces and nephews that you're helping to raise, you have to understand what is at stake. Too many plants, when they grow up in the house, as soon as that plant begins to bud and a flower is produced, somebody wants to pluck that flower. There are so many people that never even made it into adolescence before the flower was plucked. There are other people that the flower was able to grow unmolested, and when it did, then it began to bud That the fruit that was on the inside it began to produce the fruit. In other words, that little green ball that came out, it began to form into a larger ball. And, and as it performed into the larger ball, it had attributes of a mature or full-grown tomato it, because it was beginning to grow. It was beginning to thicken up. It had creases, it had all the little markings of a tomato, but it was not yet ready to be harvested. Even though on the outside it looked like a tomato, there are things on the inside that were yet to be developed. Y'all, this is so true with you and your feminine journey, your masculine journey, people began to see the attributes of what you were going to be of your potential, of your potential capacity, and they wanted to harvest your gifts, your talents, your abilities, your body, your ideas, whatever it is, they wanted to harvest it before it had reached maturity. The problem is it's important that you or they or your idea, or your child be able to reach maturity because their seed, there are eggs, there are seed that are on the inside that need to come to maturity so that that which it produces will be able to live. We're living in a day and age where our, where our children who as they began to look like adults, they had the appearance on the, as a, of adults on the outside or some of the features and attributes, but they don't have the mind of an adult because it has not grown to maturity. There are things within them that have not grown to maturity yet. I want you to hear what I'm saying. Some of us were harvested or plucked before we ever got to maturity. And because of that, we did not reach the the place where we were able to be productive in our life, in our destiny, to bring forth the 30, 60, 100-fold return that God talked about in Scripture. Some of us have started businesses, but we began to eat off of that business before it reached maturity. Some of us have started initiatives you can be in the nonprofit sector, and when politicians see how they can take advantage of what you have, you are producing, they'll come and pluck your fruit before it reaches maturity. I'm telling you that all too often in the church, we have taught people about a 30, 60, 100-fold return. We taught them how to sow, sowing and reaping, but the sowing and reaping was focused on the sowing but no one taught us how to raise a plant to maturity so that the seed in it once harvested could produce a hundred more plants. Whether we were at work, whether we were in our home, whether we were in the church, whether we were in the community, there are these birds that come and they they eat the seed when it is planted, some of them. But others come like a worm, like a, like a predator, and what they will do is they will eat the fruit before it comes to maturity. And we began to wonder how come I am not as fruitful in my life as I should be. You all, I know that I'm talking about a span of things, but I'm gonna talk about this fruit And I want you to apply it to raising a child, to coming up as a boy or a girl, to coming up as a young man, a young woman, to coming up in your career, coming up in your your community, coming up into your destiny. There's something that you need to understand about you. God has designed you for good success. That when you are planted into the right environment, that you will not only grow, but you will thrive. When we go outside and we plant a seed, when, we coat the, when the former rain comes, it makes the ground soft so we can break it up, so we prepare it. But when we plant the seed, we don't have to pray, oh God, let the earth grow the seed. The, the earth has been pre-programmed to receive the seed. The potential of the seed, the potential that God has put in the seed, the earth knows what to do when it gets it. You don't have to pray. The earth will incubate that which God has designed because God has prepared the earth, preparation prepared at an earlier time for future use for what is in you. There are things inside of you that if they get into the right environment, if you would trust God enough that God put me in an environment that you have created for me so that when I am planted here, that which is in me can be incubated. Some of you have given up on your hopes and dreams You've given up. Maybe I missed my window. Maybe I missed my opportunity. When I was younger, I could have done this or I could have done that. But I want you to understand something. From the time a little girl is born, all the eggs that she for the rest of her life are in her. From the time you were born, Jeremiah, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. I knew you knew you is is an intimacy kind of deal that that is to say that God said I knew you I knew you I impregnated you with hopes and dreams and gifts and talents and abilities I knew you I fertilized what was in you I was intimate with you I put there's something in you that needs to be brought forth to life. And when you were placed into your mother's womb, I anointed you. I set you apart. When you began to realize that you have been set apart, you began to realize that you are uncommon. Because you have been set apart. God has set you apart. Not only did he know you before he placed you in your mother's womb. He said, I knew you. Knew you is a word. It is an active, progressive word. He's saying, I knew you. I did something deep within you. I fertilized something within you before I placed you in your mother's womb to be incubated. Your mother was like the ground that when you were planted in there, the body didn't have to be told what to do what to do and it was able to bring you forth it incubated you but it's not enough to be incubated you now have to be planted and when you are planted in the right field for your life what is in you will come forth now I I want to stop here for a moment there is some scripture that says Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it falls to the ground and it dies, then it will bear much fruit. So for those of us that are citified, that sounds like some type of Jedi mind trick, whatever. But for those that are in the agricultural community, they understand that that seed's only hope of living out its destiny is getting to the ground and being planted to a grain of wheat it is a pod, a casing that inside it has an a dormant embryo that lives inside of it. And because it is dormant, there is protein that surrounds all of that all of that dormant embryo, so that a grain of wheat has a hole, a hub around it a casing that protects the embryo that is dormant on the inside and that embryo, through God's magnificent grace, it has the fertilizer to give it what it needs until it is planted. There's so much I want to say right there. And so I'm trying to figure out what would keep a grain of wheat from falling to the ground and dying. Well, the, the wheat plant, it has the shoots. And so as the, as the seeds began to blow off, sometimes people get, a seed gets stuck in the shoot. And when it gets stuck in the shoot, it never lives out its destiny not because the destiny goes away, not because the gifts, talents and abilities go away, but because it is stuck in a chute. And it does the ground to die. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and die, it abides to loan. It abides alone, unless that idea makes it, to, it. Abides alone, unless that destiny gets into the fertile ground. It abides alone, unless your gifts, talents, and abilities make it to fertile ground. They will abide alone. I said, God. Why is that important? The enemy knows that if. That grain of wheat, that if you make it into fertile ground, that you will bear much fruit. And so, part of our frustration, and part of our emptiness, and part of our lack of being fully filled, fulfilled, is that we have not made it to a place where we can live out our destiny we began the process of self-loathing maybe i'm not going to make it maybe i'm not good enough maybe i'm not smart enough maybe i'm not strong enough when what it is you just haven't made it to your destiny because inside of you god has put a dormant destiny with everything that it needs to be sustained until such a time as you have the faith that you need in god to be planted some of us make peace with being stuck in our life, maybe that's just the way it's supposed to be. In order for you to get to your due season, you got to get to your due ground. you got to get to a fertile area in order for you to get to due season. It's not enough to be a seed, a dormant seed in which you've got a destiny that never gets fulfilled. It's like a ship with a cargo that never makes it to port. It's like words and music that no matter what can't quite become a song. Many of our lives are that way. We're trying to get things to come together and we don't see how to bring it all together. People told you you are gifted. People told you you were smart. People told you that you there's something in you. They've told you that, but you haven't figured out how in the world, why am I underachieving? How come I'm not doing as much? Why am I settling for being stuck in a position? You can never make peace with your poverty. You can never make peace with the lack of ground and fertilizer to be able to grow. If you do, you will not make it to your due season. You all, God has put an amazing amount of potential and capacity in you that must come forth. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. Well, what keeps it from falling to the ground and dying? It gets stuck. Many of us have been stuck for a long time. Many of us live and walk with people that are stuck and they don't know how to get loose. Every now and then they wake up and they want more. They realize that there's something more in me. God has put something more. I know that I know that I know there's something more in me than what I have been living. I have been created to do more than be stuck. Oh God, don't let me finish my life being stuck in a position where I cannot live out my destiny. So every now and then God will send into your life a storm. Every now and then God will send into your life an earthquake. that shakes your world and, and, and you're holding on for dear life and you're saying, God, please stop the earthquake. But for some of us, that earthquake is trying to dislodge you from being stuck. That storm is trying to dislodge you from being stuck, and so it's raining, and you're cursing the rain, but that rain is trying to flood you out of that chute where you are stuck so you can make it to the ground and die. Every now and then, God sends a tornado to just blow everything around you, trying to get you unstuck. And when you get unstuck, you go and rebuild another stuck place to get into. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains stuck and it abides alone. But... If you will fall to the ground as you get older, it looks a longer way down. I remember jumping off the house. Now I stand on the back of the truck and I'm like, whoa, let me climb down those last two feet off of the truck. That's a long way down, right? We lose our dexterity because we began to settle. So we don't move like we used to move, but that embryo, that potential is still in you unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, unless it gets unstuck, unless it gets unstuck, unless it gets released from the thing sometimes that produced it. Your favorite elementary school teacher doesn't have to do anything wrong for you to go to junior high school. Your favorite math teacher in junior high school doesn't have to do anything wrong for you to go to high school. You don't have to be angry. You don't have to be mad. It is normal, a destiny. You have to live out. You've got to make it to the next place. I know that it's comfortable to be to be in this job. I know that times are hard, but my faith says that there's a shortage of job, but but God has a job for me. There's a shortage of men, but God has a man for me. There's a there's a shortage of good women, but God has a good woman for me. There's a shortage of good churches, but God has a good church for me. My faith in God says that I have a destiny, so it's important that I'm planted into the right church, that I'm planted into the right job, that I'm planted into the right relationship, that I'm planted into the right community. It is important for me to live out my destiny or I will ab- what's in me will abide alone. See, we've lived frustrated lives because we've been taught the principle of sowing and reaping, but we have not been taught the principles of raising a crop to maturity. Do you understand what's in you? You take one kernel of corn, that's popcorn, and you eat it. Yes, that's what they do. They eat popcorn. But if you take that one kernel of corn plant it into the ground, grow it up, raise it to maturity, wait for the latter range to fill out that whole ear of corn. That one kernel of corn will produce 800 kernels of corn. That's an 800-fold return. That popcorn that you have been eating, that has been bred and not... Many of your lives have been like bread. People have eaten you and just disposed of you. You have been eaten, but the same seed that makes bread, the same seed can bring forth of 130, 60, 80-fold return because God put that in you. That's why the enemy would come against you. That's why you feel like you're going to lose your mind if I stay stuck any longer. That's why you want to run, but you don't know where to go to. That's why you can't sleep at night, because there's something in you that the world is not amening, that people that are competing with you are not affirming, that people who are who are threatened by you are not pointing at you they are keeping you distracted with with weapons of mass distraction don't y'all understand that there ain't no such thing as race that that's a weapon of mass distraction that somebody created You can't even Google how many black people are in Italy, how many black people are in Spain. You know why? Because we are one of the only nations in the world that talk about black and white as a way to differentiate between people. Most people are known by their nationality or their ethnicity, the country of origin for your people. So you got folks not understanding that, that want to be something, a label that man made of black. There is no black. There are black Africans and Indians and all the other people of color throughout Asia. There are black people that have the color of skin black, but that is not an identity. And so if you don't know who you are, then you will spend your life not only calling yourself Something that some man said that you are, but you are really are not. And you will begin to identify with whatever attributes that they put towards something that they made up. Oh, no, I ain't no African American. I'm black. I'm black. And we fought to be that. Some of us are stuck and we have fought to be stuck. Do y'all understand that there are many African in American in America who don't even know anything about Africa because they told you that the the most um, civilized parts of Africa, Egypt and others and Ethiopia and all that, that they weren't in Africa. No one that I knew coming up as a Egypt was in Africa. They said it was in the Middle East. The Middle East is a little peninsula between Asia. or the, the Arabic countries right there. Between there and Africa. Libya, we didn't know it was in Africa. Anything that was good, anything that was noteworthy, anything, it was not in Africa. And we identified with what somebody else told us that we were, but you didn't understand because you were born into it, that you were born stuck. Like the grain of wheat that didn't make it to the ground, you are stuck and you raised a family right there, stuck. And the Bible says, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. And many of you have been abiding alone with a wealth of potential on the inside, but didn't know How to make it to the ground. Hmm. But God, the uncreated creator has designed it. That if you make it to the ground of that which he created, not what man created, but what God created, if you just make it to the ground, you don't have to pray, oh, ground, do what it does. No, you have to beg a man to help you. You have to beg a woman to help you to fertilize you. But if you get into the natural ground that God has prepared for you, what is in you will do what it does and nobody can stop it and you've been stuck and don't know it in in ideologies that are man-made, when you know that there's more in you than what you have been living. You'll never get to your due season if you don't understand that before you ever, see a due season is when what is in you comes to maturity. And it's full of seed, wisdom, knowledge guided by understanding. And that seed, wherever it is planted, it will reproduce. So the enemies, the world systems, hateful people, they fight you to keep from what is in you coming to maturity. Because that dormant embryo on the inside of you will do what God designed it to do if you get there. Now, I can't tell you the number of people that I counseled in church that got into this overt faith movement. Oh yeah, I'm sowing and reaping. Let me get my money. Sow into an anointing. Sow into this. Sow into this. Sow into the man God. Sow into all of this. All of that stuff has nothing to do with the teaching of an agrarian society that you have to learn how to bring a crop to maturity, you all. You've got to get your idea to ground. And once you get your idea to ground, you've got to be able to grow it up. Your gifts to ground, you've got to be able to grow it up. Your relationships to the ground, you've got to learn how to raise it to maturity and protect it you got to protect it from the worms that would eat it. You have to protect it to the birds that as soon as they see a little bit of fruit coming and forming, they want to come and take it. They want to harvest before it's mature. you got to protect it as it begins to grow out and look like something that is not yet ready to come forth. You've got to protect it. Like you do your daughters who are beginning to develop and feel out. You got to protect them and preserve them because you understand something. Although she looks like a woman, she is not. There are things in her that yet need to be developed. I cannot let anybody harvest her until that time. Get away from here. The way you treat the birds in your garden, you treat men around your daughters, around your sons. Why? Because you don't want them to be harvested too early. Why? Because if they are harvested early, that which is in them doesn't come to maturity. And they never reproduce out of their immaturity. They should reproduce out of their maturity. And so we need our, so we need our community to protect, provide, and preserve our seed until it comes to maturity. You all, I hope that you hear the constant theme of raising a crop to maturity. It's important for your children. It's important for you. It's important for your job. It's important for your destiny. It's important for your gifts, talents, and abilities. You have to protect it because people will come and try to harvest your crops before they come, your fruit before they come to maturity. So God says to us, God says to us in Galatians 6, 9, don't grow weary in well-doing for in due season we shall reap if we don't lose heart. Look, we got to stay hard. I know that your kids are mad with you, but you got to stand in the gap to preserve them because if they get to maturity, they'll be okay had a conversation with my son and I'm saying, son, look, I'm pushing you. Get your schooling in, get these things in, get these in. I said, because there are people who you will meet who will want to harvest you before you are ready. And what will happen is they'll let you harvest where you have not sown so that you could have reproduced with them. And the purpose for that is to get you stuck and once you get stuck and you have a child and two children then you're no longer going to have time you're going to go get the job you're not going to take the scholarship you're not going to you're not going to go across here you're not going to get the education you're going to stay here because of the way you've been raised to take care of what's yours and so you're not going to you're going to get plucked before you have the opportunity to mature many of us were plucked before we had the opportunity to mature And so what was meant to be 30, 60, 100 fold return on a productive family unit, it's not there because we started wrong. We started early. We started, we were plucked and didn't know it. Many of our young men were done the same way. The good girls would not allow them to have their way with them. But the other girls who said, look, I don't care. I just want a man, a piece of man, anything, would allow them to come together. Next thing you know, she's pregnant. Next thing you know, they're stuck. And they're in a relationship that is rambunctious because neither one has grown to maturity. And neither one is prepared to reproduce anything. Oh, that's old-fashioned I like an old-fashioned win. then. I like old-fashioned wealth. I like old-fashioned health. Whatever you wanna call it, whatever we produce, it needs to have the opportunity to get to maturity. Many of us, many of you were plucked before you ever got to maturity soon as they saw that this green to little, little fruit look, began to look more and more like a grown tomato, they were ready to pluck it. They were allowed to come around. They were, we were, they were allowed to stay around. The family didn't deal with some people that needed to be dealt with who have been harvesting unripe tomatoes for, for generations. Somebody has to run those folks off to say, no, what is in her, what is in him is too precious to be plucked early. There are people that when you have business ideas and you're bringing them up, as soon as they see the potential of it, they want to come and buy and take most of it as opposed to help you mature that business and grow it or that idea and grow it. See, nobody taught us how to bring something to maturity because it's only in maturity that you have the 30, 60, 100 fold return. So when I see people come in trying to harvest from our community anything that looks good before it reaches maturity, I understand there's nothing worse than seeing a beautiful little girl turn into an old woman at the age of 25 because she has been misused by people that opportuned upon a moment. Our children are harvested too early in our community. Our, our businesses are harvested too early in our community. Your ideals are harvested too early because people have not let you groan to maturity. Many of you have gifts and talents but didn't know how to preserve it. So you plant stuff and it comes up. You have a knack. You are gifted to plant ideas and they come up but you only raise them so far because nobody taught you how to raise or bring something to maturity where there's a 30, 60, 100-fold return. And so you move from relationship to relationship to relationship and you never really get the, the joy and benefit of eating from a fruit that is ripe. It takes maturity. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 2. And as for you, brothers, do not become weary or lose heart in doing right, but continue in well-doing without weakening. In other words, it takes patience to bring something to maturity, to protect it, Somebody's got to tell the little girl, yes, these men are going to tell you that you are fine and that you are that. But listen, they are trying to invest in a moment and not in your destiny. The people that want to invest in your moment are not the ones that care and love about you. The people that invest in your tomorrow, your destiny are the ones that care for you. Be patient. So first Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58 says, therefore, my beloved ones, be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor will not and is not in vain. You've got to stick with it. In order to get to your due season, it's not too late because God has placed something in you. You've just got to understand that it's not time to harvest yet. Be patient. Wait. James chapter 5 verse 7 says, be patient. Therefore, be patient, brothers and sisters, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits For the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. Lord, Lord, we sang that song, send down the rain, send down the latter rain, and didn't have a clue what we were talking about. See, you got to understand something, that if you don't eat your fruit before it is ready, there's a latter rain that is coming What they call the rainy season. When the rainy season comes. Then it's going to take what you have. And fill it out. So that what is on the inside of it. You'll be able to reap a 30, 60, 100 fold return. Off of it. But if you don't understand. How things grow. And come to maturity. Many of you will earn just enough money. To survive. Have just enough to eat. Have just enough to get by. I want you to mark that in your Bibles. I want you to go back and read it. James chapter 5 verse 7. Therefore, be patient brethren until the coming of the Lord. Stop trying to blow up before it's your time. Stop trying to be large before you get big. It says this. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and the latter rains. I want you to understand something. What is in you has to have the early rains because you've been incubating this idea. You've been incubating your gifts, talents, and abilities in obscurity. You've learned, but then there's gonna come a time when there's an early rain, that is to say when the environment becomes conducive for you to take what is on the inside of you and plant it so that it can begin to grow. And then what you do is you take care of it, you nurture it, it begins to have flowers, it begins to bud, you start seeing little pieces of fruit, but stay patient in that. As soon as your business starts making money, don't start, start eating it all up. soon as your ideas start coming, soon as your church starts growing, soon as stuff starts happening, don't get all punch drunk and all of that as being happy about it. Be patient in it. Why? Because what is on the, even though it looks mature and grown on the outside, it is what's on the inside that has to be incubated as well. So that you can reproduce it to get a 30, 60, 100 fold return. So be patient. Why? Because when the latter rains come, That tomato that was hard in here, it blossoms out. That peach that was hard and not enjoyable when you bite it, it blossoms out into a ripe peach full of juice with mature seed on the inside that when you plant it, it can grow a whole nother tree. That's where the wealth comes in. It's a biblical principle, it's tied to God's creation. The Bible says that nature declares God's glory, his intent, his plan, his path. I've lived long enough and walked with enough people to know that again, many of you, your greatest fear is no longer that someone else will let you down, but that you will let you down again. I'm speaking to those that are ready to grow, are ready to paint their masterpiece while they have life. It's too late. Grandma Moses painted some 50 masterpieces at the age of 75. It's too late. Who says it's too late for you? Who says who says that it's, it's over, that it's too late? Who says that what's in you can't still bring life? Who says that? Who, who says that what God has placed in you that has been dormant and waiting to fall to the ground and die? Who says you can't write? Who said that you can't open a business in which you are counseling or writing or creating music or putting your thoughts in? Who said that it's too late for you? Who told you that you missed your window? God didn't. So I'm telling you that, is, that what is in you has to be called forth. read a couple more scriptures to you because um, I want you to get these. 2 Corinthians four one. Therefore, since we have this ministry just as we receive mercy from God granting us salvation, opportunities, and blessings, we do not get discouraged and lose our motivation. Stop giving up so easily. S- easily. Stop planting something and it doesn't grow fast enough and then you go and you plant something else and it doesn't grow fast enough and then it grows I mean and then you go and you plant something else you're learning a false lesson and a false narrative about yourself that maybe you don't have what it takes but the reason why you don't know is because you grow weary in doing it and before the latter rain comes and gives the increase the exponential increase Overnight, it seems like you are an overnight succession. Many of you quit prior to getting to the latter range. The consistency of purpose is when people work at something, they preserve what it is they have planted, they began to grow it, they keep watering it. They don't get anything out of it right now. They keep cultivating it. They don't get anything out of it right now. When the cold comes, they warm up the tree. They don't get anything. But when the latter rain comes, that tree just seem, seems to be fruit everywhere. So much fruit that you have to call to the neighbors, come and get some peaches, come and get some pears, some apples, some some fruit come and harvest, there is too much here. Why? Because you were patient enough and you exercised this principle called the consistency of purpose that if you had stuck with this for a while longer and raised it to maturity, your life would be overflowing with the abundance that God had planned for you. What the enemy knows is that the embryo of potential that God has placed in you, that if it makes it to the ground and dies, that hard casing around you dies from protecting you to now allowing you to just thrive, then you will bear much fruit with your life. I want to encourage you, it's not too late. You, it's time for you to be planted in good ground. Folks want to date you, but don't want to plant you. Folks want to date you in the moment, but don't want to court you for tomorrow. It's like the it's like the seed that is scattered. Some being on the some folks are in, inviting you as seed to the wayside to be trodden under feet. Some folks are saying, look, you can plant over here but don't go beneath the ground. You are like you are like the seed that when cast it falls on the stony ground. It it's it, it it's been invited to be sown over here, but you can't get beneath the surface which means that you will abide alone, why? Because it's the soil up underneath the surface that you need to get to so that what is in you can give out. So you cannot blossom and thrive being a side chick or a side dude because you never have the opportunity to be planted. You're grown, you can do it, but you can't live out your potential and destiny and what is in you cannot come forth for a 30, 60, 100 fold return because you've got to make it to the ground. Some of you are like the seed that has been cast over and, and over into into the into the into the, uh, the field, and the thorns and the thistles come up because soon as they see that something good is going to come out of you, soon as you begin to sprout and come up, the thorns and thistles come, the weeds come into your life, and they choke what little life you have in you out as a little plant. Some of you have got to stay, be okay with being alone or not with folks that are unfruitful. Some are like the pathway that soon as you are planted over there, they just walk on you all day long. What's in you never gets to come out. It crushes you, but it does not destroy you. Some of you have been walked on, but not destroyed. You have been underfoot, oppressed, But what that hub that God has put around, that embryo, that dormant embryo, protects you even though you've been walked on. There's still something beautiful and powerful that is in you. If you are today the seed that was cast on the stony ground where people say I love you and all of that, but they would never plant you. When that person said, I love you, but they would never let you into the soil of their life and heart, so that what's in you could grow and produce fruit. If you have been there, don't worry about it. You haven't wasted time, don't worry about it, all right? Because what is in you is still protected and preserved until the time you get to the right environment. Some of you have been invited to a ground, but what happened is, as soon as you started to grow, everything around you began to grow bigger than you and choke you out. The thorns and the thistles, you remember this is the parable of the sower. And so, well, I was invited over here, but when I got there, as soon as I began to grow, the people were threatened by me, and the thorns and the thistles began to grow all around me, and although I was getting paid, it was not enjoyable. The reason why is, is that the thistles blocked out any sunlight or celebrity or publicity that I got, and the thorns made my job, my life, difficult. But then the Bible says... But some of the seed, they made it to good ground. When they made it to good ground, then the hard casing and covering around you began to deteriorate so that the real you can now come out and begin to thrive and you can live out your destiny. God wants you to live your life in the good ground, He wants you to learn. How to bring your crops, your children, your ideas, your destiny to maturity. That's why James says, James chapter 5 verse 7. So be patient, brothers, sisters, until the coming of the Lord. Look at how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth fruit that is in you is precious the gifts that are in you are precious the ideas that are in you are precious they you may have been crushed but you have not been destroyed you may have been plucked early on stony ground and the birds come and they pluck you and harvest it early but guess what uh, you couldn't grow on stony crown anyway they could get the seed but they could not get the potential on the inside of you They may have consumed you, they may have messed over you and on you, but even mushrooms can come from folks that have been messed over, they can grow, God will take that which was meant to bring you down and use it to fertilize your gifts, your talents and abilities. You've got to want your destiny. I'm beginning to understand Fred Hammond when he said, I want my destiny. In Jesus' name, I want my destiny. Oh God, my Father, I want my destiny. I don't want a favor. I don't want a hookup. I want my destiny. I want what God has for me. I want my children to have their destiny. God has put that same embryo in them. And I understand that I can't protect myself from the world and stay away from everything. That I've got to get to the ground, the good ground, the fertile ground. I've got to get my children to the good ground, the fertile ground. And when I get them there, I've got to learn how to raise my children, my hopes, my dreams, my gifts, my talents to maturity. I've got to learn how to do this because there's somebody's destiny that is tied to my assignment. I've got to mature because there's some things in me that can God can bring forth and they will bring a 30, 60, 100, 800-fold return. My children will never be hungry again. grandchildren will never be hungry again I'm in my 60s I'm in my 70s I'm in my 80s paint your masterpiece write your book how not to be stupid at 25 you you know that you know that book you got that book how not to be plucked early you know about that these are things that you know already Share the wisdom. Tell the truth. Because the enemies that you don't destroy will live to fight your children. Give your testimony, not your religious testimony. Give the testimony of how you got over when you knew everything but didn't know nothing. Give your testimony of When you made a mistake, but you learned how to keep a heavenly testimony in a hellish situation. Give your real testimony so that your children can get something out of your life that is useful. Give your real testimony. That before I got with a good man, before I got with a good woman, my life was hell. I made some mistakes. I didn't know how to bring anything to maturity. I, I I let anybody sow my seed on the side, in the stony ground, in thickets. But God, once I got to good ground, I'm telling you not what I've heard, but what I have lived. Life for me hasn't always been no crystal. Stairways I chose some stairs that I regret to this day Some of you have not lived out your destiny because nobody ever taught you taught us how to bring what is in you to Maturity so you did a little bit of this it didn't come up fast enough and you bounced around But God is saying I will bring you to maturity if you have faith in me. If you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. But if you do not abide in me, you will abide alone. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to bring forth much fruit. I'm ready to paint the masterpiece from my life's experience and from the gifts, talents, and abilities and the wisdom of God that he gives me. Let's pray. Father God, we do love you. We thank you for the love that you give us to share. Father, many of us have been holding our breath for years. We've had the appearance, Lord God, of prosperity, the appearance of joy and fulfillment. But, oh God, we realize we have not lived out our destiny, that the best is yet to come. When our gifts, talents, abilities, Knowledge, understanding, and spirit of the most high God all collide to produce the masterpiece of our life. Oh God, we know that our living will not be in vain. So God, that which is good, that which is pure, that which is right, help me, oh God, in this season to not only bring it up, but to raise it to maturity so that it bears much fruit for generations to come. We say, so let it be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Look, God's blessing. Raise that crop to due season. Get with people. Plant in ground. Bring that crop to maturity. Wait for that latter rain to come. And when that rain comes, that's where making it rain comes from. That didn't come from the The S-Club over there that came from ladder rains, it's in the Bible. Send down the ladder rains, O God, so that what I have produced can bear much fruit. Let it be so in Jesus' name. Amen. Remember, don't quit. Keep going. God bless.